we're going to try to get into the Word tonight. It, um, I have to. I find myself having to do this quite a lot, finishing up something I started. And uh, but it, it's not. It's not really not easy to jump right in the middle of a message you've already begun. It's not as easy as you might think it'd be, because uh, um, when I quit this morning, the Spirit of God was flowing and moving when we quit. But due to time, we had to. And um, but we want to we want to pick up tonight because I feel very strongly that there's this this word God wants us to to leave and have with us uh, as we leave to begin to start uh, start the new week off. Every one it's it's my desire and I know it's God's desire for you. It's our desire for us to have. A, uh, to be able to stand where we are at right now, but don't uh, don't plan on staying where you're at right now. Hallelujah. Defense. Defense is good, but if you want to win a ball game, you got to move the ball down the down the pike. Hallelujah. You got to advance. Hallelujah. And God, uh, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being critical to nobody. I, I feel like I understand people's heart who st- say this. But if you're one of those people, say, "Well, I'm just, I'm just holding on." You're not in the perfect will of God. God has never called nobody to just hold on. People say, y'all pray for me that I just hold on. Well, you're really praying a prayer that's not biblical. God didn't call none of his people just to hold on. He did not die and shed his blood at Calvary and go through all the stuff he went through at Calvary for you just to hold on. God expects his people to advance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He wants you to advance and for the church to be the church that God has ordained and wants us to be, we have got to advance. We can't just stay stagnated, everybody. We've got to move on. And we talked this morning about coming to a particular river and we used, even though that was a literal river, back then that Jacob and his family crossed, we use it uh, uh, as a type and a shadow to where we all, I believe we all as children of God, we all will come to a point in place in your relationship with God whether you're either going to move ahead or you're going to stay where you're at and you're going to wither away. Hallelujah. And believe me, if you stay where you're at, you're going to wither away. Hallelujah. God says it's time for us to cross over. It's time for us to get to the other side that we've been standing on this bank looking over at. It's time for us to cross over. Now, I'm going to go back and read Genesis 32 
22 through 28 again, and we're going to, we're going to pick up uh, where we left off this morning. Hallelujah. Genesis 32, verses 22 through 28. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed over the ford Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he, this is the angel, touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Lord, as we come tonight to attempt in our feeble way to finish this word tonight, I ask that you will speak to every heart that's here. Help us to know your heart. Help us to know your will. And give us the desire to follow after your perfect will in our life. In Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I left you this morning after talking about two Old Testament prophets, Elijah and Elisha. How that Elisha had a desire to have a double portion of the spirit that was on the prophet Elijah. There was a group of other prophets falling in a distance. And when they come to the Jordan River, Elisha crossed over. Those other prophets stayed on that side of the river. They did not follow. And when the time came and the mantle fell, Elisha picked up the mantle because he was there for the mantle fell. Hallelujah. The rest of them didn't get anything. Hallelujah. The rest of them received nothing. But Elisha got the double portion because he followed the man of God and he crossed over uh, the river. Amen. And he was there when Elijah was taken away. Church, God has got us um, uh, typically tonight, uh, and, and, and it's like a shadow. We're standing on the banks of something great. And for us to step in to what God has desired for us and wants for us to have, we got to be willing to cross over. You have got to be willing to go further in God than you've ever had. Hallelujah. 
Uh, I don't think a Christian should ever get to the point and place to where they become satisfied. The old saints, old Pentecostal saints, used to sing a song. I would, a lot of times I would play for them. When they, some of them would sing it, I'd play for them, but I never really liked the song because they'd sing that song. Satisfied, I'm satisfied. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, got, it's, got, it's got some good words to it. But I believe once a child of God becomes satisfied, they're getting on dangerous territory. Once you become satisfied, you don't have no desire really for nothing else. I sit down at a table and I eat until I get satisfied. And when I'm satisfied, I don't care what else is brought on the table. I'm not interested. Amen. Because I've already eaten until I'm satisfied. Do you follow what I'm saying tonight? You should never get to a place in God to where the experience that you got right now, you're satisfied with. You should always desire more of him. Now, let's talk about Jacob. Jacob was a man with a destiny. Before he was born, God had a plan for Jacob. Amen. He was part of the plan that God had ordained to be the father, amen, of God's chosen people. But Jacob went through a lot of different stuff before he began to step into that. And Jacob came to the point in the place, and I told you about this Jabbok River. It's mentioned seven times in the Bible, and six out of the seven times, it don't mention nothing but a crossing. It talks about coming unto Jabbok or being up against uh, that river. And it wasn't to this time here that the Bible gives reference of somebody crossing over you see, God had a plan for Jacob, but before Jacob could move in the plan that God had for him, he had to be willing to cross over. Hallelujah. Now, as I said, Jacob had a calling on his life, but he had not yet. He had lived to be a pretty good age. He had, he had accumulated some wealth, but he still going through situations, he still hadn't crossed the river yet. And do you know why Jacob hadn't crossed the river yet? The first thing I want to talk about tonight, Jacob was full of himself. Now you're going to see God gave me something here tonight. Jacob, he was a man that was full of himself. Now, I know probably none of you ever met nobody who was full of himself. Jacob couldn't enter the full promises of God because he was too full of himself. And every place that God led Jacob, he was leading him 
to get him straightened up to where God could put him and use him the way he wanted to be used. Hallelujah. Jacob was full of himself. Even though Jacob had a calling of God on his life, but the Bible warns us in the New Testament that it's not, it's not all in the call. Somebody say, I got a call, I got a call, I got a call. Well, friends, it's not all in the call. I, I'm going to tell you tonight, there's going to be many lost without God on the day of judgment who had a call. There's going to be people in hell who had a call of God on their life. How can that be? Well, being called and being chosen are truly two entirely different things. It's one thing to be called. It's another thing to be chosen. You can have a call of God on your life, but until you decide, amen, to cross over into where God wants you to be, that calling will never mean nothing to you. <coughs> calling does not guarantee acceptance. Calling does not guarantee, I don't care. It don't matter what the calling is. Just because you're called does not guarantee you'll be accepted. In the book of Matthew, Jesus gave a parable. And I'm not going to read the whole parable to save time. But I'm going to get down to the closing part of it to give him, make a point. Matthew 22, verses 9 through 14. <coughs> and let's read it. Jesus said, Go ye therefore. See, he tells this parable about this man uh, uh, having a, a dinner and a banquet for the wedding and all that. And he had bid many people come. A lot of them didn't want to come. So he said in verse 9, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together. All as many as they found, <coughs> both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to his servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 14, For many are called, but few are chosen. It's not all in the call. Just because you got a call don't guarantee you acceptance. People say, well, man, this is, ain't this bad? This, this man was bound and cast out because he was, he was called. What if he, couldn't, what if he couldn't afford the wedding garment that everybody was, was wearing? Here's where the grace of God comes in. 
could none of us afford our salvation. Now, I've done extensive study and even got a couple books in my library about Jewish weddings. And when they put together a wedding, I mean, they went all out. They even furnished the garments for the people to wear. So you see, this gentleman who was sitting in amongst everybody else but didn't have on a wedding garment, he had no excuse. He didn't have a leg to stand on. He couldn't say, well, I got laid off last week. I didn't have the money to go buy one. Hallelujah. It wasn't him who was going to provide. And I'm telling you tonight, it's not yourself providing your salvation. It's the Lord Jesus Christ because you can't afford what God's got to offer. My Lord. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to God for knowledge of the truth. I was, I, I, I was in a denomination. I got out of the denomination after seeing baptism in Jesus' name and was baptized in the name of the Lord. And, but unfortunately, some of the ones that I first got involved in when I got out, got out of the denominal world and got in, in Pentecost, I got involved with a bunch of legalists. All the kind of running around, preaching, so man, you gotta you gotta walk right and spit white. And them preachers, man, they preach against this and preach against that. And I just began to wonder, I said, Lord of mercy, when are they going to start preaching what they're for? Hallelujah. I thought that was a bad thing all the time. Somebody get up to preach, always preaching what you're against. When are you going to start telling people what you're for? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. And, man, the way they talked about all this kind of, I found out something. Some of those preachers that preached it the hardest and brought it down with that legalism so much where you you got to do this thing, you got to do that thing, and all those things. Those are the main ones. You better, when you're around them, you better hold on tight to your wife. Whew, bless the quietness. I couldn't afford the wedding garment. There's no way I could begin to think I could live holy enough or righteous enough because there wasn't nothing holy and righteous about me at all. <laughs> but Jesus <laughs> prepared me a wedding garment. <laughs> Just like the prodigal son. When he looked down the road and he saw that son coming, that son who'd been way off, walling in the pig, down there and feeding the pigs. Can you imagine what his clothes looked like? Can you imagine? I mean, what he got to the body, and everybody knows that story well. Hallelujah. And it took me a long time to realize this. But, you know, the father ran down the road to meet the son. 
He didn't wait for the sun to get all the way back home. He ran out and met him. And he told the folks, he said, he said, bring, bring, uh, bring a ring put on his finger. Bring a garment and put on him. And I was praying one day. And God was really dealing with me because some of the stuff that I'd first gotten into, all this junk that men preach, amen, that's, that, 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 that's not word of God. Hallelujah, it's just tradition of man. God showed me that that father loved that son so much. He did not want that son to walk back in the gates of home, amen, where everybody could see those ragged garments that he, he was wearing now. He put the robe on him first. He put it on. He wanted him, everybody to see that son walking back home with that beautiful garment and that signet ring on him, identifying to everybody who he was. Lord, it's the truth that he had. So, just because somebody has been called doesn't guarantee, just like this young man right here in verse 14, many are called, but few are chosen. You see, the problem with Jacob was a similar situation with many who have been called for a particular purpose in the kingdom of God. Jacob was full of himself. There needed to be a crossing over the river. Of what you are on the other side of what God intends you to be. In other words, before you can become full of God, you must become empty of yourself. Where, where are you getting at, Brother Sammy? Let me give you a word definition. I don't know if you realize or not, but all the names in the Bible, they all got, they all got special meanings. They wasn't put there just to be put there. All the names of Scripture had specific meanings which emphasized various things. When I began to study about the Jabbok River, the Jabbok River was given its name because it was a tributary to the Jordan River. The river of Jordan ran north to south from Galilee down to the Red Sea. And it was a, tribu a tributary that come in and it emptied into the Jordan River. And the word Jabbok in the Hebrew, it means a pouring forth or to pour out or to empty. Jacob, Brother Paul, when he began to cross the Jemek River, he was having to empty himself. He was having to empty himself of everything he was. I don't know if you go back and study about Jacob. Listen, even though he had a call of God on his life, he was a liar. He was a cheat. He was a scoundrel. He was all those things and more. He cheated from his brother. 
Somebody said, but yeah, it was God's, it was God's will for him to have the birthright, not, not Esau. I believe that. I believe it was in God's plan. But it's never in God's plan for somebody to fool his will by doing something wrong. He jumped ahead of God. God would have worked it out anyway, but no, he listened to his mama. And he disguised himself to be his brother. Come on. See? And he he did that all of his life. And so I'm telling you today, amen, Jacob had to cross over. He had to empty himself of himself. Hallelujah. And as long, amen, as Sammy Pruitt has got more Sammy Pruitt in him than has God, he's not going to go very far with God. Uh, we don't like this kind of preaching, do we? But it's the truth anyhow. Hallelujah. Jesus was the same way. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 7. Let this mind, and let me paraphrase that, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. Now we all know that Jesus was God. But he did not walk around on this earth with that title. He will suffice to be called the Son of Man or the Son of God. And the Bible says, the Apostle Paul, he made of himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now that word reputation right there, will mean something a little different than what you think it would in the Greek. If you look up the word reputation in the English dictionary, it might give you a specific definition. But if you go to your strongest concordance and you look up the Greek word, that word right there and that phrase, but made himself of no reputation, the Greek word is kenosis. And that word means self-emptied. Jesus loved you and I so much that he emptied himself of all the glory that he had before he came to this earth. He poured it out. What I'm telling you tonight, Jesus crossed over that river. He crossed over it. He emptied himself. Hallelujah. He did, he did not try to take all of that on for himself. And what's the Bible say? That he lived his life to be, to be an example for who? For us. Church, we have got to get ourselves empty of everything else, especially of our self. 
to cross over the river Jabbok means you must empty yourself or pour out. Oh, my Lord, help me now. You're going to empty yourself or you're going to pour out your dreams, your gold, and your aspirations so God can fill you with his purpose and his destiny he is calling you to. That's what stops so many people. They're not willing to let go of their dreams, their goal, and their aspirations. You know what King David said? <laughs> King David said, I'd, I'd just soon and rather to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Amen? <laughs> Somebody said, well, all right, I can stand at the door. I keep the door now. Back in those days, I don't think you would like a doorkeeper's job. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I just get real with you tonight for a few minutes? Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, Oh, let me be like David. Just let me be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Back in, in David's day, Gentiles were not allowed into the house of God. And by Gentiles, what is meaning is men who had not been circumcised was not allowed to enter the temple. And it was one of the doorkeeper's job to check every man that come in the temple to make sure he was circumcised. Amen. Not a very pleasant job. Not a job that people will stand in line for to try to get. But see, David, that's how come he was a man after God's own heart. He did not have to be in the spotlight, Brother Douglas. Hallelujah. He said, if, if it takes me just being a doorkeeper in the house of my God, I'm willing to do that, whatever. Hallelujah. And God is looking for people who are willing to empty themselves of their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, so God can feed you with his purpose, his destiny, and his calling for you. My, 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 I look back over my life and I think about some of the dreams I had and aspirations I had when I was younger, things that I would love to do. And basically God had to empty all every one of those out for me to fulfill the call that God placed on my life so I could be chosen to fulfill, amen, and have that anointing placed upon my life. That's how come many are called, but few are chosen. Not everybody's willing to be self-emptied. Not everybody's willing to cross over the Jabbok River, which means a point you're going to have to pour yourself out. You're going to have to empty yourself out. Jacob had to empty himself. <laughs> Listen to this now. Jacob had to empty himself of conniving, deception, 
and trickery in order to become the prince of God and the father of a nation. Hallelujah. He was all that. And then some. His very name means supplanter or heel grabber. He was a twin. Amen. But but his twin brother who was who was born first, he he, he grabbed hold of his heel. Coming out of the womb. And from that from the very point of birth all the way through. His life was filled with conniving and, and all this kind of stuff. God says, Jacob, I got some great things planned for you, but you're going to have to be willing to, as I said this morning, take your shoes off, roll up your britches leg, and cross the river. Are we willing to do that tonight? Are we willing to do that? Are we really willing to empty ourselves? of all the things that we are so God can use us to the fullest of what he wants us to be. I'm going to move on. I could, there's some other things I could talk about, but I'm, I want to finish this up and not hold you too late. I want Number two, Jacob prevailed for the blessing. Hallelujah. Jacob prevailed for the blessing. Let's go back and read part of that in Genesis 32 verses 24 and 26 and this is what it reads like and Jacob was left alone this is after he sent his his wives and his children and his cattle his servants and everything all over the river he was left there alone and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. And he wrestled with him, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Church, nobody ever crosses Jabbok River easily. It's not an easy crossing. When we come to the place of crossing, we must first commit everything we own unto the keeping of God. That is, we come to the place to where it is just you and God. We allow nothing. Of Jacob knew what, what he was up against. He knew he was fixing to face the brother that he had cheated so long ago. He was concerned about that. He, he, didn't, know, he didn't know if his brother Esau was going to try to kill him or what because they hadn't parted on the best of terms. And so Jacob sent all that he had across the river ahead of him. And there he was alone. Just him and God. There's got to come a time and place in your life, church, where it's just you and God. Jacob sent his wife's on, his children, his cattle, everything that he had. You know why? As long as all that stuff was around him, 
he knew that stuff could influence him. God's trying to speak to some of us tonight, if we'll listen. We cannot afford to let anything that we have, be it family, be it friends, be it uh, careers or jobs, possessions of any kind, we cannot afford to let none of that stuff influence our relationship with God. But come on, let's get honest tonight. How many of us are always put into position that we allow some of those things influence our relationship with God? I've been there. I believe we've all been there at one point in time. Jacob got all of those away, got them all across the river to where it was him and God. And when the angel of God appeared, began to wrestle with the angel. Let me tell you something. He might have been wrestling with, with an angel, but, brother, he was doing battle with his flesh. He was doing battle with all of that stuff that he had been found guilty of down through the years. Amen. That God, even though he had a calling, God had given time and time again opportunity. And because God's grace and his mercy kept him going. But people, let me tell you something. There's going to come a day and hour that you're going to have to come down and make the final decision. Hallelujah. He was wrestling with an angel, but it was his flesh that he was doing battle with. All the things that, that was in his mind that was fleshly, that was unlike God, that was going to keep him from becoming the father of God's chosen people. He knew he needed a blessing, and he wasn't about to let go. I'm going to tell you something. Jacob had to be doing some wrestling, amen, with that angel because he, he was prevailing against the angel, Brother Paul. He was, actually, he, was, he was actually on top. And the angel, when it began to get daylight, realized that he wasn't prevailing against Jacob. Jacob was putting up a pretty good fight. And he said, please let me go. What did Jacob say? Not until you bless me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm fixing to wind this down to a close. But listen to this. How many of us today are willing to invest whatever time it takes? to receive the blessing we need from God. Because we, in America at least, have become fat, lazy, and selfish. Oh, Lord, help us. Hallelujah. And maybe, a lot of that may be in the flesh, but also we, we've done that way in the spirit. We're not willing to hang in there. We're not willing to hang on and fight until we get what we know we need from God. Jacob was not about to let go. He was not about to quit that wrestling match until he got his blessing. Finally. 
The angel said, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. <laughs> I'm the old hill grabber. I'm the, I'm the conniver, the schemer. All of those words are tied up in the Hebrew name Jacob. <laughs> he had prevailed because the angel said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. <laughs> he began to cross the, Je uh, the Jabbok River long before his feet got wet. He said, your name is going to be Israel from now on because you are going to be a prince of God. Hallelujah. And he, be he became, amen, the father of God's people. And God poured blessings upon him. And guess what? That you and I are still we're benefiting from those same blessings today. We're benefiting from those same blessings because he was willing the cross. Tonight, church, I believe it's time for us individually to cross over. We need to be, be willing to separate ourselves from anything and everything that would influence our decision that we make for serving God. If we are willing to do that, you just just go ahead and read and, and study what happened with, with Israel's life from that point on. That was a change made in his life. Hallelujah. And you know what? It, it, it happened with him. It's going to happen. It's going to have to happen with all of us. We've got to cross over. We've got, amen, to come to the place to where we empty ourselves, that we pour ourselves out, amen. We've got to get all of ourselves out so we can put everything of Jesus Christ in. Hallelujah. If this bottle is filled with water, I can't put anything else in it until I first pour the water out. It's got to go out. And it's the same thing with our soul. Let's stand together.